Hey there, everyone. Welcome to the Teach Them Diligently podcast. Every week, we bring you insightful and encouraging information to help your homeschool family thrive. We're David and Leslie Nunnery, and we are so glad you're here. Last weekend, we had our first big event of the season as we enjoyed hanging out with hundreds of homeschool families in Round Rock, Texas. We're so grateful for how the Lord worked there, the hearts that were touched, the conversations that were had, and the encouragement that was found. God is so good. If you missed that event, I hope you'll plan to join us in Pigeon Forge, May 5th through 7th, as we welcome Kirk Cameron, Dr. Kathy Cook, Mark Hamby, Heidi St. John, Dr. Jeff Myers, and too many other godly men and women to count who are joining us there to serve and equip your family. It's going to be a great time. This week on the podcast, we're going to be talking all about teaching and learning obedience. We're going to look at how we approached it when our children were younger and why it's such a big deal. I think you'll be encouraged, and I hope you get some really good ideas to incorporate into your own family. David, this this topic of obedience is a really big one. It's touchy. People are a little intimidated by it. It's like we know in our heads that, that obedience is important, but I'm not sure that a lot of times we've actually taken the time, even as parents, to think through why why is this so important? Well, I, and I I think that uh, you know this this issue gets right back to who God is, right? I mean, God is a God of order, and I mean, there's absolute chaos if there's not obedience. I mean, mm. if there is no authority, if you're not listening to somebody else in this world, it's absolute chaos, and you get no traction. You don't go anywhere. I mean, imagine. Uh, the military without the officers. I mean, how somebody's got to take the lead. Yeah. And in every single organization, there is always a pyramid of some kind. There's always somebody at the top. There's a leader. Even if they don't have the title, there's always that person that everybody, when there's a question or there's a, what are we going to do now? Or there's that pause. There's always that person everybody looks at. And it's just the way we're created. And I think obedience kind of gets into that, is that um, there is people, uh, there are leaders, there are people that are at the top that God designates that he wants you to follow, and uh, including himself. Mm-hmm. And that's the reason why obedience is so important and such a big deal. And I, I think that... Um, uh, it's something that we really don't look at very much and it takes a lot of work. Uh, there is repetition involved in, in obedience. Uh, there is sternness involved in obedience because you know, your, your kids, they have to know you mean what you say. Um, but there's also accountability. You've got to be willing to follow up on it too. So um, there's got to be kind of checks and balances there as well as your teaching obedience. But but before we dive into teaching obedience, I think it's something that 
for a lot of us adults, we kind of gloss over even in our own lives. And, you know, I think of so many times through the Bible of times of disobedience and how it was so costly. You know, the, the children of Israel were disobedient. They grumbled, they feared, they did not go into the promised land when they were told to, and that cost them greatly. Saul disobeyed with the Amalekites. He didn't utterly destroy them. In, in fact, he kept some of the riches and some of the, you know, the king and stuff back for himself. It cost him greatly. He lost the throne. We see this over and over and over and over again. And so even as adults, it's very important that we too are obedient because as we are trying to teach our children, we've said that we talked about this, you know, three weeks ago or something in the podcast, you teach what you know, but you reproduce who you are. If you are disobedient, if you are rebellious at heart, if if this is something that's a real problem with you, you have an authority issue, you're going to pass that right on. You're going to reproduce that in your child because they hear you, they see you, they know you very well. Absolutely. I, I, and I mean, again, you reproduce who you are and this is something that you will pass on. And it is a natural inclination in every human being to be disobedient. And so if they sense, if your children sense that in you, that you are being disobedient, whether it's the authority that's in your life or it's just God, Mm -hmm. right? They know you're living in a way that is contrary to the Bible. Your kids are going to pick this up guaranteed because you are basically giving them the okay yeah to turn away from god and to turn away from the authority that they have and it's natural you are born with an inclination to turn away and to rebel against authority whatever that authority and whatever that whatever level of authority that might be uh you are naturally inclined to turn away from yeah yeah and and so as we were talking, it made the most sense to talk, you know, kind of as we're leading into this, before we talk about how we taught obedience and and some really kind of practical ideas on that, I, it, it makes a lot of sense to talk about why we teach obedience, why it's so important to obey, whether we are looking at it in our own lives as adults or whether we are looking at it for our children. Um, and so we came up with a number of ways that's kind of the the why behind teaching obedience. I doubt that this is anywhere close to exhaustive in the whys, but I do think that it gives us some ideas and some it, a good starter set of why we teach obedience. And the first really kind of most baseline reason that we teach obedience to our children that and that we need to obey as adults is because obedience generally is designed to keep us safe. You know, with our, with our kids, so much of what we tell them, especially, you know, as they're young, we can wrap our heads around this very easily. Don't touch that stove. You will burn yourself. You know, look both ways before crossing the street. Why? If you don't, you run the risk of getting hit. So those things that we are telling our children are very practical because if they don't obey, they may not be safe. They may be in danger. Putting the fork in an electric socket, you're going to be in danger. Don't do it. So we cover those. We give them guardrails. We make things, we put things in their way to, to make it difficult for them to obey. But even as adults, much of, of the directives that we have from God, the the guardrails, the boundaries that God has given us, they are for our own good. They keep us safe because sin going against God's ways 
always puts us in danger, in danger of losing something, danger of getting hurt, you know, all of these different things, God's ways prove best over and over again. It gets real messy when you're disobedient Mm. uh, to God's rules, God's laws. But I mean, you step away from just the Bible. Let's talk about uh, just in society, right? You got driving rules, right? If you run a red light, it gets real messy if you run a red light. And so the thing that you need to keep in mind here is, is that, uh, you know, this is just baseline stuff, right? Safety is a real big reason why you would be obedient. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so that's that's kind of a pretty easy one for us to wrap our heads around, especially as we're looking at our kids. But but hopefully you see it in your own life as well. And it's easy to gloss over this, to it, just completely jump over yeah, this. You because to, it is so baseline. Yes. But this is a big one. Yeah. So Well, yeah. And it, it really, understanding that, understanding that these, these, laws, these regulations, these commandments, whatever are, are in place for our safety, that is going to, to really lend itself to this next point that we had, which teaching obedience gives them a right view of authority. When you recognize that, that these rules are for your safety, these are for your own good, whether you are an adult or whether you are a child, it helps to frame your view of authority. So, so as we are teaching our children, I thought he was going to say something there. And then he just like <laughs> nodded at me. I'm like, oh, okay, I'll pick it back up here. He always wants to jump in. Oh, it, well, I mean, <laughs> that was great. I mean, and I think that obedience is, is absolutely, you know, this is, this is the reason. I mean, authority is a really big one and you hit on it. So, well, and there's such a lack of respect for authority in our society today. We see it up and down the line. And so as parents, we are once again able to model and teach. We are able to model for them what respect for authority is. And then we're able to teach that. Now, respect for authority and and submission and falling in line, you know, how are you talking about your spouse? What are you saying about your pastor? All of these things, we are we are modeling for them respect for authority, even gasp how you're talking about government officials the way that you're framing those conversations those are really really important in how you are structuring respect for your children and so that is a really important thing to keep your vision correct in in your own life so that you can pass it on and reproduce a a healthy respect for authority whatever that authority may be yes and i i you know, we have a an idea that there is freedom is people not telling me what to do. Hmm. Uh, freedom is doing what you want to do. And when you look at, for instance, the early history of the Israelites and how they were during the Exodus and how they were coming from uh, Egypt to the land of Canaan, the, the story there is really a story of the Israelites coming out of slavery. And when you see them disobey God, it is not an um, expression of freedom. It is actually an expression of slavery. And God does not allow, he does not want you to actually hurt yourself. He gives you these rules because he loves you. Mm-hmm. And there's freedom 
in following his rules, not, you know, not freedom in disobeying his rules. And so we have gotten, they've really gotten this thing twisted up. And I think that's also part of the way this is communicated to your children Mm -hmm. is the way you respond to the rules that are in your life. And again, I am not saying that we end up giving up all of our independence to a government in Washington, D.C. I'm not trying to go there. Mm -hmm. So I'm asking the people that are listening to this not to go there. What I am saying is, is that the, the Bible and the relationship with Jesus Christ is about freedom. Yeah, absolutely. I'm actually looking right now because I just spoke the, um, recently in at a ladies' conference in St. Louis, and one of the things that I was tasked to talk about was to find satisfaction in God's Word. And so we spent a lot of time in Psalm 119, and one of the really cool things that came out of that study was when you look at the section in verse 41 through 48 of Psalm 119, He says in verse 44, so I will keep your law continually forever and ever, and I will walk at liberty for I seek your precepts. Freedom comes by seeking the Lord. The sin in our life is always, always going to enslave us, no matter what, whether it is our children or whether it is in our own personal lives. That sin removes opportunity. It breaks down relationships. It will enslave us. But when the one object that you're truly seeking is the will of God, that's where you don't need any restraints. You have true liberty because you are seeking the right thing. So freedom is always found in obedience. So our kids, when we're teaching obedience, you were getting back to that. Exactly. And we're able to use this tool of teaching obedience to help them understand the much bigger picture of walking with Christ. And it's such a great, great thing. Um, The third reason that we teach obedience is that the Bible tells us that when you obey, blessings follow. You know, honor your father and your mother that it may be well with thee. It's the first commandment with promise, right? We see this over and over again. Blessings follow obedience for a lot of the reasons that we've just talked about. Sin enslaves, there's safety in obedience, all of these things. God blesses obedience. Yeah, and he uh, he set these rules up because he wants good things for you. Right, and that's what you have to you have to remember too. And just as we set rules up for our children because we want good things for them. Yes. So absolutely, and then you know the last thing that that really comes to mind when we talk about teaching obedience is that obedience shows that we love. Um, there's a a an overflow of love that happens in obedience. When you obey God, when you walk in his ways, you are showing that you love him. The Bible tells us that throughout. Um, First Peter 2 talks about when we obey, other people will see that and know. Um, I believe that's also the passage where uh, wives can win their husbands through their obedience. It shows your love for God. It, it brings people in. First John tells us that if we say that we know God and we don't obey, we're liars obedience. We, we told our kids all through their lives that what's in their heart always bubbles out. It impacts how they walk. It impacts their countenance. It impacts everything. I can see what's in your heart by what is overflowing. And that is, that's another reason why we teach obedience is because that is just an overflow of what is in their heart and who they love. If so, they, yeah, if they love themselves the most, 
that selfishness always leads to disobedience. So we're kind of talking about almost like a communication or an interaction here. God gives us the rules. God gives us his law. God directs us because he loves us. And then we obey. And when we obey, we are communicating love back to God. Mm -hmm. And so there's like this really beautiful kind of communication element through that interaction through the fact of, of providing a direction, providing boundaries, providing order. Safety. And, and, and then when you abide by those, then you are actually communicating love back to God. And so there's this back and forth on this. Yeah, it's, it's you know, God's ways are always best. God's structure for the family, God's structure for a community and society, God's structure of obedience. All of these things are best. They are good. And so the more and more that you see society and culture pulling against those things, the more you see of rebellion, the more you see of heartache, the more you see of suicides and all of these different things, because the freedom is found in following Jesus and doing things his way. Absolutely. So, so let's let's dive into then, you know, practically how we taught our kids to obey, um, because I, I think that that. For some, just like we talked about the mystery of discipleship a couple of weeks ago or a few weeks ago, sometimes there's a mystery in how do you teach obedience? And and it's really super simple, actually. So, so David, how what, what, what did we tell our kids was kind of the benchmark of obedience? Uh, so we actually had three different levels to this. Yeah, but it was one saying. What was that saying? He's looking at me like I have four heads. We, he even knows where we're going with this. I think I know where she's going, but I, I don't. <laughs> we told our kids over and over and over again, you obey quickly, oh, well, sweetly, was, okay. and completely. We sang yeah. that. I made up songs with that. We, now, we know, drilled that over okay, and wait over a minute, and wait over. A minute. So <laughs> she looked at me like there was some super special deep thing that she was expecting me to say. And I was, anyways, so go ahead. But I was going there and then. I was thinking, what am I missing? So I faked myself out. So see, so you second guess. I stay second on the guess. rails that I, we have laid out, know, and there is I safety, know, David. I know. So go <laughs> so, ahead. Okay, so obey quickly. That was always kind of a benchmark. There's no delays. No, you know, make me count to threes. There was no allowances for that. Obedience is quickly, sweetly, and completely. So we told our kids first and foremost, you obey right away, the right way, right? So obey quickly. What what are some of the ways that that can show up where, you know, you are obeying quickly or you are not? Well, I mean, quickly, you see it all the time where parents actually allow the, the, the children to have a few moments, you know, just to, you know, uh, maybe decide that they want to obey and uh we didn't allow that it was it was you know you obeyed quickly we told you what to do and there was no delay there was no oh wait five minutes and then i will get to it when i'm ready to do it there there's a little hint of rebellion even in that and so we were like you are going to do this right away well and a lot of times we as parents are actually training our children to wait until we've said things three, four times, or we've said things in a raised voice because we're so angry or, or whatever. We reinforce that by constantly allowing it. And honestly, as parents, that's a laziness on our part 
because we aren't willing to actually say what they need to do and then have the accountability to follow up on it right then. Yes. And the other thing about this particular element for sure is that when the children are young, when they're four years old, when they're five years old, when they're six years old, you don't give them any leeway on this whatsoever. Right. This is this is an absolute. This is black and white. When I tell you to do something, you do it right away. When the children start getting a little bit older, maybe. Well, maybe, that, yeah, because there's know, stages of obedience, and we'll talk about that. When in they're minute, 22 yeah. years old, maybe it looks a lot different. <laughs> maybe, but and there's a judgment element there. But when they're five. There is, there are no ifs, ands, or buts. It's black and white. Whatever you are doing, you put it down and you do what I told you to do right this second. You don't allow there to be a moment between the time that you say, go do this, or I need you to do this, and they do it. Right. It has to happen right away. Right. And so this was one of the things. So we're, we would always insist on, first of all, our children obeying quickly. So, yeah. And with that quickly, um, like David was noting, when you spend the time to really drill that into your young children where things are so, so finite, you know, obey quickly, maybe go grab your shoe. You know, it's, it's a very small thing. But if you drill it, if you are consistent when they're little, just like with everything else, you're building a foundation so that your job will be a whole lot easier as they get older because that becomes their knee-jerk reaction. They know to obey quickly. So you're able to be really, um, really dogmatic in these smaller things, which is then, you know, again, just makes it a whole lot easier. Um, so, but, and, and also, you know, there's judgment coming in is, you know, if they didn't hear you, if there's a realistic reason why there's a delay, you know, there are two rooms away, you know, something like that. Obviously, uh, there's allowances for that. You go, you make sure that they hear you. But but the heart of this is, especially as they're young, you lay that foundation of quick obedience. But if you didn't do this when they're young, it's never too late to start. It's never too late to put those expectations in so that they understand that obedience is quickly. It's It should be their knee-jerk reaction. Then the, the next thing that we taught them was sweetly. You obey quickly and you obey sweetly. So not only do you do what you're told right away, but your heart attitude, your countenance, your tone of voice. Um, there's no room for talking back. There's no room for that scowl on your face that just tells me that you're punishing me for making you do this. Um, that that heart attitude is so so important because that's where you're really seeing what's inside of them. Yeah, and um, you, you don't allow them to act like that again. That you're punishing them for this again. What you give them in terms of what you expect them to obey, you are giving them this for their own good, right? Whatever it might be. That is the framing that your children, that you want your children to have. You are giving the, them whatever this boundary is, whatever this order is, whatever, you know, this, this it's safety, There's this, safety yeah, you are giving them this for their own right. good. So therefore you really want to manage their attitude, their heart. Um, and again, uh, you look back at the Israelites, the Israelites were um, required to give a guilt offering. And that is in, you know, the early books of the Old Testament, the first five books of the Old Testament, the books of the law. 
And God requires them to give a guilt offering. When you get into the minor prophets and you get into the later histories in the Old Testament, you go into Amos, for instance, God actually starts to say he hates their guilt offerings. Why does he hate their guilt offerings, which he commanded them to give in the first five books of the Old Testament? The reason why is because of their heart. He hated their obedience because it was just obedience on a surface level. It wasn't their heart. He wanted their heart. And when you look at your children, you need to have their heart. Yep. And so what you are trying to manage is you're managing their heart. And when they're young, you're much more forceful on this because, and a lot of times, you know, parents are really hesitant to punish or to discipline children because of heart issues, because their children did not obey in the right frame of mind when they're younger. I would say that it's much more likely you probably should. You probably should actually look at this as if they don't obey with the right heart, it ought to be seen as they're not really obeying. They're obeying and just works only, surface only. And that's just not good enough. It's not good enough for their relationship with God. It's not good enough for your personal relationship with God. And therefore, you should not allow that with their chil- your children's relationship with you. Right. Because they're going to transfer. The re- relationship they have with you is going to be the relationship that they transfer up to God. The way they see you is the way they're going to see God. It was really sobering to me when I heard a pastor say one time that the way your children look at you as the father is the way they're going to see God. Mm-hmm. And as imperfect as I am, it was very sobering to actually think of that. But it is true. Mm. They are going to, if they're scared of you, they're going to be scared of God. If they expect you to be inconsistent, uh, they are going to expect God to be inconsistent. If they expect bad things from you, they're going to expect bad things from, from God. The way you love them they are going to expect God to love them in the same way. And so therefore, if we're going to apply the the same idea, that same idea to this, right? If their heart is not in line when they are obeying for whatever reason, that if they think they can get away with that, they can with you, they can get away with that with God. Yep. And so you should not allow that. This should be something that you should be managing all the way through. You know, and I know you were going to handle this a little different when they're five and six years old and when they're 18 and they're 22 and they're 35. Obviously. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But it's still you need to actually manage this in a lot of ways. I mean, you need to manage this, the, the heart issue of obedience. So it's quickly and then sweetly and completely. So the 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 importance there is they need to obey until it's finished. And again, when you start when they're little, you know, finished is pick up this toy and put it in the toy box. Super fast, super easy. It gets a lot more complex as they get older. And so it's really important that we mean what we say as parents and that we afford them the privilege of the accountability 
that is teaching them that we mean what they, what we say. So if we say obey quickly, sweetly, and completely, and then we're never checking back, we're never actually making sure that they're finishing what they've been told to do, um, we are really doing them a disservice in teaching them to obey. Yes. And if they don't uh, uh, obey completely, your child needs to be the one that makes that right. Yes. So uh, you see a lot of times where the parent uh, just gets frustrated and goes and just kind of finishes Does the it. job. Mm-hmm. And it is really important that you have the child actually complete uh, whatever task, whatever whatever you've given them to do, it is important that your child is the one that actually does the completing of this because right. they need to obey, you know, quickly, sweetly, and completely. They need to be the ones that do this. Exactly. Well, and it also, I, I want to make sure before we close out today that we give you some uh, some insight into how this changes. You know, we've talked a lot because it's very easy. It's very concrete to talk about those early years. And that's where you're really laying the foundation. Um, You're putting the stakes in the ground. Um, You know, when I was writing the Teach Them Diligently book, that word for train up a child, that train is like driving stakes in the ground. You're giving them the, the stakes that that, you know, plant can, you can attach it to, it grows along. Um, so we want to drive those stakes of obedience deep into the ground so that they hold firm as, you know, they get older and they start pulling on it a little bit. Um, so that's very, very concrete when they're younger. As they get older, the way that that really looks and how, how it plays out when you've, you've taught them young to obey this way is you may have a middle school child who you tell to do something um, the, the quickly, the heart attitude should show up with an immediate yes, ma'am. Um, and then after that, there's, there's more opportunity there for a very respectful investigation of why. Generally, that should be after they've done it. But in some cases, they may, you know, need a little bit of an explanation beforehand. And that's where respect comes in. Yes, ma'am, I will do that. May I ask you, you know, why? You know, it could be that I have said yes or no to them doing something because I sense, you know, in my heart that there's something wrong or because there is something obviously wrong with it. I'm able to tell them about that. I'm able to disciple them and take that opportunity to to draw them deeper into thinking biblically about whatever that circumstance was. That's such a great opportunity. There are other times when even, you know, as they're getting older, the answer is truly just because I said so. I need this done. Just do it. And that's okay, too, because you're still the authority. You are still the one that is in charge of them, that they respond to, that they are, um, they should be in submission to. And they're always going to be in submission to someone as they grow up. And there's always going to be tasks that are just because I said so, because they need to be done. So as you get older, you have the amazing opportunity to not just teach them obedience, but also use those things to teach them to think biblically about whatever it is that you're having them do or not do at that time. Absolutely. And and I think that we talk about, you know, the ages of your child, you have young, uh, you have middle school, and then you have teenager, and then you have young adult. And, um, you know, I, I think that if you think about it in those broad terms, like when they're young, that's like before middle school, right? It, it, it is very clear. These are black and white. It is, you know, probably a lot more often it's going to be because I said so. 
and there's not a whole lot of discernment in this for their for the child. For the child it is yeah. basically, uh, I told you to do this, therefore you do this. No ifs, ands, or buts. It is, boom, this is the way it's going to happen. When they get into middle school, you start having potentially a lot more judgment type stuff, right? It's not a clear, absolute, you know, no ifs, ands, or buts. You're going to do this because there is more of a reasoning behind it. They have a lot more leeway to ask why. Mm -hmm. And you tell them why. Uh, When they get to be teenagers, maybe even more so. They get to be young adults, even 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 more so. Yeah, more into a counselor. Because then it becomes, I wanted to do it this way because of this, this, and this, and this, and this, and this. And then you would say, I think you need to do it this way because of this, this, and this, and this, and this. And there may become become some sort of a compromise in there. I don't know. But we're talking about, you know, young adults, 21, 22, 23, 24. Yeah, they're standing on their own at that point. This is a completely different scenario at that point. Um, but it, it, this is something that develops as they get a little bit, as they get older. Yeah, absolutely. And I would actually say that the, the black and white doesn't extend as far as, as David noted, there's, there's a lot more conversation that comes into it. You, you start, it doesn't get to, you know, five, 20 shades of gray, like it does as they get into middle school, but even when they're first, second, third, as they're starting to get a little bit more independence, as they're starting to have more complex thought processes, that's when you start giving them a little bit more. You're growing with your kids and those explanations are growing as your kids are growing and their maturity is growing. Um, so you, you're you giving them a little bit more just age appropriately as they're growing up. And that's, that's what it just builds on itself. And you're creating a culture where they understand more and more that you want what's best for them, that you are doing this um, with their best interests in mind. Although there are a lot more of those because I said so's, you know, it's kind of like the greater than, less than, that's it's much more greater at the younger ages than it is as they get older, for yeah. sure. Yeah, and, and I will say it's also, a, a, there's a mother and a father difference here as well, okay? <laughs> uh, I... Hey, look, the the boys were teenagers, and I was saying because I said so many, many, many more times than probably even you would. But um, I I I would say that um, this is a really important guide, you know. And uh, basically, what we're trying to pick up on here, and what we're trying to actually communicate, is that. When the children were younger, we would go into rehearsing this. There was memorization. There was groundwork that was laid. There was a foundation that was laid. And it was based off of the idea of your authority in this home is going to be your mom and your dad. And uh, this is the way the order is going to be set forth, right? And as they got older, we were working within the confines of this foundation that was already laid. And therefore there was a lot more comfort in being able to loosen some of this up a little bit. But as you were saying before, there were songs that were involved. There were, I mean, the kids would get in trouble and we'd say, how do you obey? Yep. Uh, the kids would rehearse this back to us. So that it was deeply ingrained into, they they still, their knee-jerk reaction, how do you obey? Quickly, sweetly, and completely. And they're young adults now. And once you get to the point where your children have the something like that ingrained in them, 
where they understand without a shadow of a doubt, this is the default. You obey quickly, sweetly, and in 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 completely. completely. <laughs> Uh, when you when you uh, have that ingrained in them to that point, and that is the default, that is the reflex, is the knee jerk reaction. At that point, you know that you are probably safe to be able to loosen this yes, up a absolutely. lot more. Absolutely, and I would not uh, start to loosen things until you are sure. Yep. That your ref- that your children's reflex is to uh, obey in that manner, right? Absolutely. And so the idea of quickly, sweetly, and completely was um, something that we—I mean, it was rehearsed mm-hmm. constantly in our home, and it's a simple way to break down uh, what obedience is. And it's, you know, full conceptualization uh, so that they understand this is what obedience is. This is the way you define obedience. Yep. Obedience is quickly, sweetly, and yep. completely. Yep. Um, and uh, we would go over this constantly in our home. And that's a really good reminder for us as parents, too. Obedience doesn't change. Our obedience to God and to what God is calling us to do should be quickly, sweetly, and completely, just as we teach our children. You know, what is our heart attitude about what God is asking of us? And are we pursuing His will all the way to the end, even when it gets hard, so that we can say that we have obeyed completely? So, so many truths that we we need to be pondering, even as adults, um, and then definitely passing on to our children. Um, well, I hope that this has been a great help to you today. I hope that that you've gotten some nuggets to chew on, uh, some things to really contemplate in your own life and in your own family. Uh, we would love to hear from you. So if you have some thoughts, if you have some questions or some other ideas about things that we could talk about on the podcast, send us a note. You can email us at office at teachthemdiligently.net. And that goes right into our house. We would love to, to interact with you that way. We also appreciate if you would subscribe to the podcast, leave us a comment or a review that really helps us reach more families, share it with others that could that could be a benefit from hearing the content, the interviews, the things that we talk about on the Teach Them Diligently podcast. Um, it is our heart that God will, will use the work of our hands, the, the experiences that he's given us, and really the, the mission that he has given us to equip families to help you to thrive. And then we have prayed since we started this that God would send revival among the families that we reach and that that would spread out from families to churches to communities and then sweep across our land. So we invite you to join us in that. Uh, we look forward to talking to you again real soon. joining us today. We believe that every family is called to teach them diligently, so we're here to help. We would love to get to know you this year at one of our four live Teach Them Diligently events, and then throughout the year when you become part of the Teach Them Diligently 365 community. Check out the notes from today's show for more details about what we discussed today, as well as all of these other resources that Teach Them Diligently has to offer. Have a wonderful day, and I look forward to talking to you again real soon.